every Arizona homeowner's best friend. And it all has to do with you. Thanks for tuning in. It's Rosie on the house. Your weekend wake-up tradition. I talk to the tree. Stop and hear what I say. Come on around back, Arizona. It is Saturday morning, 8 o'clock. Your outdoor living hour of Rosie on the house. Second Saturday of the month, so we are talking trees. ISA certified John Eisenhower in studio with us this beautiful Saturday morning. You can join the conversation by calling in at 1 767 4348. That's 1 Rosie for you. Text questions can be sent to 411923. You can also email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com if you'd like to snap a picture, a little help with some plant or insect identification, send it there. We always start this broadcast off with a tree of the month. John, what'd you bring in for us this morning? Well, I got the, can- the Canary Island pine tree is our tree of the month. It's a uh, one of three main pine trees that are are planted throughout the the lower desert area uh, around the state. I don't know what elevation probably would limit them out, maybe uh, you know three or four thousand feet, but they're a um, a unique pine tree in that they they're just different than the Afghan pine. Or or the Alderica pine um, is another name for the Afghan pine, uh, or the uh, Aleppo, which are uh, tend to be a little a little denser uh, trees. The Canary Island is has some unique characteristics. The, there's a little bit more uh, spacing between the foliage, so they you get a little bit more of uh, uh, a little more pr- appreciation for the the tree architecture. Uh, the, the the foliage kind of accumulates out of the ends of some of the branches, and it ten, it tends to be a little more uh, open. Um, so if you want a little more artistic or aesthetic look, the Canary Island pine is is a good choice. Uh, again, they're really well adaptable um, to our our our, our full sun uh, applications here in the low desert. They can take the heat, and they're just a uh, one of those. Uh, unique uh, pine trees that are, are suitable for Arizona. And where could I go see one of these? Is there a, a place, a public? You know, I, I need to get ahead of that. I've mentioned it a few times. Is every time we have, <laughs> for, for the then tree can, of the month have a you know here's three intersections you could drive past and see this. Well, I'm pretty sure that you can go to either ASU or U of A, and they're they will be part of the tree walk. There are there arboretums. Uh, I'll have a Canary Island pine tree, and I'm sure there's some down around the state capital as well. Uh, but they are—they're um, one of the only pine trees that actually regenerate growth after you make a pruning cut, which is a, another unique characteristic. Um, you know, if you prune a, a, the end off of a uh, an Aleppo pine or an Alderica pine, there will be no uh, regrowth out of the end of that pruning cut. So you have to be kind of careful if you ever cut pine branches back, uh, assuming that you're going to be able to prune them like a normal tree and see a a, a flush of, of growth out of the ends of that cut. Uh, don't count on it if if you have a uh, an Elderica or an Aleppo pine. But with the Canary Island pine, interestingly, they do have a, re, a regrowth out of those pruning cuts. And in fact, the one of the char- other characteristics uh, of the Canary Island pine is it will grow some pine needles right out of the bark of the trunk. 
<laughs> so if you ever see a a, a, shag, a shaggy uh, trunked pine tree around town, that's your Canary, Canary Island. Canary Island. That's one of the other identifying features. So yeah, right out of the trunk itself, you'll see these little sprouts of pine needles that are are growing and. Uh, could be where there might have been an old pruning cut years ago, and it's flushed. As I said, it flushes out some growth out of a pruning cut. That may be where a branch used to be, but you'll see those little tufts of of pine needles growing right out of the trunk. What would be an ideal planting? They look like a pretty tall tree. They are. They're they're very very tall. In fact, they they do um, have apical dominance and maintain apical dominance through the life of the tree. That is, you'll have a central leader, a central trunk. That will always grow straight, and all the other branches will be subordinate to it, uh, just like your typical ponderosa or your Doug fir, your spruce trees. They all have that very uh, conical, a uh, uh, pyramid-shaped trunk, uh, as opposed to the Aleppo pine, which gives up apical dominance and it, it allows the uh, the side branches to compete for dominance, uh, giving a, a more of a rounded tree form at maturity. Uh, the Canary Island is one of those trees that does have the apical dominance. It will have a, a main central leader, and so you'll always have that very, very tall uh, tree. It is a little more slow-growing than your Afghan pine, so it's a, a little less um, popular than the uh, uh, than the uh, the Alderica pine. Uh, so if you're wanting that kind of a taller a, a, a taller tree for a narrow planting application, you have, don't have a lot of space, and you want something that'll grow nice and tall. Uh, a, a Canary Island uh, or an Elderica pine would be your choice for that application. Does not look like a very wide tree. No, it's probably maybe fifteen or twenty feet wide, uh, thirty feet wide on your really really mature ones. Uh, but then they'll be you know forty, fifty, sixty feet tall. If you're ever trying to do like a, a row instead of a using Italian cypress. This looks like a good alternative. Uh, yeah, they'll definitely be wider than a cypress. Cypress is, is going to be really narrow, you know, not, not much more than, you know, 8 or 10 feet wide at, at, at maturity. But the, uh, yeah, this will be about twice that width. I, I just don't like Italian cypress. I'm always looking for a reason to find an alternative to it. <laughs> yeah, unless you have some really well-drained, good quality soil, they're a little bit difficult to get established. But they do well here. They People love them, and they... they uh, I just don't like them because they sometimes bend over at the top or the branches, the side branches tend to fall out and they look a little bit unkept, you know. And so you've got to go back and either, uh, you know, some people will, will bind, bind up their, cyp- their cypress with, a, uh, with some 200-pound monofilament line so it'll hide the line, but they, it, it holds the, the branches in. But then once you do that, you've got to kind of maintain it and be, be careful I, I almost prefer to kind of trim the ends off those branches, the wayward branches, and, you know, so they'll kind of, the, you'll take some of the end weight off, and then they'll kind of tuck back in. That's probably your better long-term plan. I'd like the tree to kind of maintain its shape without me having to put a bunch of wire or or fishing line in there to kind of hold it in, in, in place. But yeah, they tend to get a little bit unruly sometimes, and, and then you've got to... Um, Got to do some work to, to get them back in shape. And then if they if they're forty or fifty feet tall, that's pretty hard to get up into one of those cypress because you can't climb a cypress. You've got to find some way, some scaffolding or a tall ladder or some really or a bucket truck to get in there to to work on them. So, well, our tree of the month is the Canary Island pine, and you can see a picture of it and read more about it and get the uh, 
botanical name and all the Greek name and all that uh, technical data at rosieonthehouse.com and the quick links on the right-hand side of the homepage. It'll take you right to the tree of the month. And what time of year could you plant one? Is this the perfect time or any time of year? You know, they say that you can plant a tree in, in the lower desert pretty much any time of year. You know, you want to avoid the really, really cold uh, part of the, of the winter because uh, although the tree may survive, it'll basically be like a potted plant sitting in the ground until the soil temperatures rise enough to encourage uh, root development. So probably, um, yeah, the fall is always a great time to plant trees. In fact, we thought in in view of the a 9-11 memorial, maybe today would be a great day to uh, put a tree in the ground or at least uh, purchase exactly. one uh, today. And even if you can't get it, get it in the ground this weekend, um, you know, maybe a memorial tree would be a, a way to commemorate uh, today's um, look back at that terrible day 20 years ago. And Canary Island, anytime I hear island, I just immediately picture something tropical. But the Canary Islands off of, and I'm kind of reading it here in real time, off of Northwest Africa, it's it's much more of a desert. Uh, so that seems to be pretty good drought tolerant wise. Yeah, yeah, they, it's it's one of those trees that has uh, stood the test of time as a really great um, uh, desert tree. Uh, not too many pines can handle this kind of heat, but the Canary Island, the Elderica, and the Aleppo are the three real uh, common uh, winners that the nurseries are, are, are glad to supply because they do real well. And then in addition to our tree of the month, we always have a, uh, a main talking point of the month, and we're talking today soil conditions. Yeah, we— well, we soil always, enhancement is the actual keyword. Soil me. enhancement. That's right. And we talk about soil amendments, soil additives, and you know these are um, treatments beyond just fertilization. Things you can do to uh, enhance your soil, like a tree air, um, a, or aeration around the base of your trees. We'll do vertical mulching, radial trenching. These are all techniques whereby we're introducing oxygen and some other um, uh, materials into the root zone, like um, a good uh, peat moss or a, 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 a mulch material, some compost, to get down into the soil to try to break up some of our heavy clay soils that are common here in Phoenix. And, uh, and in, in addition to that, other, there's other additives you can put in. Uh, we have a really great uh, Arbor Kelp product that we really like. It's a, again, these are additives that are helping to improve the soil conditions as the additive goes as the additive as the the adage goes um as go the roots so go the shoots and whatever you know your your above ground performance of your tree is directly related to the below ground um uh, soil conditions and if you can improve the rooting environment um uh your tree is going to, or your whatever plants you put in the ground, but your trees are going to really benefit from that. So we focus a lot on that um, in our industry, uh, improving the soil conditions. And in Arizona, um, we can do a lot of improvement. And, you know, those of you who've grown roses or tomatoes uh, know what I'm talking about, that it's all about the preparation. It's all about how well you uh, prepare the soil. If you've failed at either of those, roses and tomatoes, which I have, <laughs> you know that it's uh, if you can get some organic matter into the soil uh, to a depth that would um, allow those roots to, to get out into the soil and, 
and do well, um, you'll have a successful uh, uh, experience. And trees are no different, that if, if, if you can uh, uh, do some of those things uh, uh, to enhance the soil conditions, uh, you, you'll have a successful tree. Do you know why you never see hippos hiding in trees? Because they're good at it. <laughs> Talking trees here this Saturday morning. As John Eisenhower mentioned a moment ago, it is the 20th anniversary of 9-11 and planting a, a tree to commemorate that might be a great way to uh, you know, have a celebration of life. And when you're planting a tree, uh, you'd mentioned now as a you know, you could pretty much do it year-round, but we've had a good monsoon. We've got a lot of soil uh, moisture. It, it looks dry on top, but it's amazing how well our clays hold soil just just below surface. A little bit easier digging right now. Yeah, a lot easier. Hang on, right your mic. There you go. I know. I've I've uh, had it. You know, a, occasion when I have gone out to put a shovel in the ground, and you find that it's moist, and what a pleasure it is to dig and. And uh, uh, when you've got a little bit of moisture in the soil and what a, a headache it is when you don't. So, yeah, a great time to get out right now. I was out just uh, hula-hoeing in my yard uh, last weekend, and it was just so nice, you know, being able to put that hula-hoe down into the soil and have some soil moisture there to help pull some of those weeds, and those roots out. So, yeah, the uh, uh, good, a great day to, to put a shovel in the ground and, and, uh, and get, a, get a tree planted. The uh, another thought was, you know, with regard to celebrating today would be to um, take in some of the civic events around uh, around around town and and even some that are televised. Uh, but I, I was thinking too, it might be a good day to drop off a dozen cookies at, at your nearest first responder. Maybe go to the fire station or your police precinct, and uh, I'm not sure that that, that they're welcoming. Uh, homemade uh, goods uh, with the COVID uh, deal going going down, but maybe some packaged um, pastries or something would be, or even a, um, a, a a gallon of coffee or something from Dunkin' Donuts would just be a really welcome gift at, at your local fire station just to say, hey, thank you for being a first responder and, and uh, in memory of 9-11, we just want to say thank you. No, great, great suggestion, John. Thank you. On our Talking trees, bullet points today, you also want to get in overseeding. I know lawn doesn't tie to your tree, but if you've got a tree in the lawn, you've got a great point about making sure you get your trees taken care of first. Yeah, we always hate it when we are scheduled to do some tree work and find out that our um, homeowner is just overseeded because we don't want to drag our, our brush over those uh, 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 newly um, germinating seeds. So yeah, good 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 thing to get your tree work done ahead of time. It's kind of hard though, if we're, you know, to get that scheduling done this late in the year because overseeding is starting pretty soon. But if you can work it out and overseed a little bit later, um, and you can overseed all the way up until uh, Thanksgiving. But that's getting that's pushing it, you know. But so uh, you can uh, we have seen people starting as as early as August getting stuff in the ground, you know, getting their seeds down. So. Good time to start your overseeding. Um, your uh, uh, we last year did something different than we had done in the past. We usually overseed with rye, but we experimented and put down a a fescue because it 
is a little broader leafed and it's a little bit better in those dark in those shaded areas and it actually holds up to the the the, the heat our hope was that we could if we if we mowed it high enough that it would actually survive longer than the rye and and maybe we could find a solution a year round solution for some of those areas we would never have to have to reseed some of those shaded areas and we found out that the fescue did a lot better than the rye. So consult with your uh, local uh, specialist, uh, lawn specialist, and ask if, if what their experience is working with fescue as, oppo- as opposed to the perennial rye. Because uh, we had really good success with it this last year. And um, I think we're going to go with it again. You know, if Because um, uh, in some of the, the, the sunnier areas, oh. it eventually... Uh, will will give way to the Bermuda. The Bermuda is going to compete with it. But we by mowing it a little bit higher, it shaded the Bermuda and, and, and kept that longer. But eventually, just now, in this last month or so, the Bermuda's finally broken through and, and we so we went ahead and cut the fescue down because the fescue started to to fade in some of the real high heat uh, toward the end of the summer. And so we went ahead and, and cut it down short and allowed the Bermuda to come back up. But um, I think we're going to go with fescue again because it's held on all the way in our shaded areas better than the uh, the rye. So something to, to, to consider. And I would imagine you'd probably have to get on that pretty quick because the demand right now for fescue isn't very big. So they're not going to have a lot of seeds, whereas the rye, you know, they've got pallets yeah. and pallets of these 50, 80, 100-pound yeah. bags. Where do you go buy your fescue seed? Well, it's available right where you get your rye, and it's and it's pretty. It's it, you might have to get it from a Horizon or a Ewing or one of the larger distributors, but yeah, it's definitely available, and a lot of a lot of landscapers are using it. But uh, not it's not as common as the rye. The other um, thought would be to uh, contact Roy Maxey at Save a Tree, because Roy also put down some uh, fescue last year, as as I did, because we wanted to kind of see how it did. Now we have a full year of experience to kind of give some of that information out to our uh, our customers. So uh, Roy Maxey at at, uh, at Save a Tree would be a, a good uh, source for you to get some more information on, on where to get it and how to apply it. And Save a Tree, of course, has a lawn program now, so we'd be happy to help you with your overseeding this winter. And that's Save a Tree, but it's S-A-V-A-T-R-E-E dot com. Right. You got it. Plant a tree for your tomorrow. It's your tree that clears the air. Plant a tree, trees for America. Plant a tree today for all the world to share. Taste the breezes, life inside you. Speaking of planting trees, I went to the Lieb, the Lead Conference Center. Uh, near in uh, in Nebraska, near Lincoln, Nebraska, on my way to visit my son in Kansas City, and I'd always wanted to go there because this is the our country's arboretum, if you will. It's where the National Arbor Day uh, got its start, and it's a uh, an unbelievable uh, collection of of amazing trees. Some black walnuts planted in 1871. Um, 
but just some just some tremendous uh, trees, and uh, they've got the the conference center itself is is worth uh, visiting if you're ever um, in that part of Nebraska. Uh, you, you need to um, do yourself a favor and, and go by and see that conference center. The in, in, inside of it is just amazing. They have these huge, like sixty foot trees that are the are the posts for this cathedral of a of an entryway it's just amazing you walk in and it has a big a big huge pla- um, uh, plaque on the side of the wall that's probably you know 10 15 feet uh, tall and about the same width and it says plant a tree and then it has plant a tree in every language um, you know it, you know there's dozens of languages and all sorts of scripts and and in, in every in all these various languages, so the visitors from around the world who come and see this can read "Plant a Tree" in their own language. But it's really a a, a, a treat. To, we went there on a Monday and they were closed, so we had the basically we had our a walking tour of the arboretum to ourselves. It was quite uh, quite cool. And you said Kansas City, and then Nebraska. You're on our way what, to Kansas City. You're on your way to Kansas City, and but what city is this in? That you're I believe it's outside of Lincoln. I'm I'm not sure exactly the the name of the community it's in, but it is the the Lead L E I D Lead Conference Center. Okay, we will put that in the resource links. And uh, an interesting thing as you were talking about trees, I've got my trivia questions uh, yeah. here. <clears throat> what is the largest city in the U.S. that is designated as a tree city? You know, the multiple uh, choice question, options, New York, Chicago, Denver, or L.A.? Well, the largest would probably be New York, so that would be my guess. And you would be correct. Oh, cool. I never would have thought of New York as a tree city. It's not easy to get your tree city <laughs> qualification because you have to meet a lot of criteria and you have to uphold certain principles and and uh, and continue with maintenance practices. And, and so I'm really glad to see a city that size uh, achieve that because that's a, that that means that's good news for the trees in New York City for sure. Uh, that's why they got Central Park. That's yeah, probably the big reason why. And if you're just joining the broadcast on our flagship station, there was a ABC 911 special that ran the first half of this uh, hour. You can join the conversation at one triple eight seven six seven four three four eight. That's one triple eight Rosie for you. You can text questions to four one one nine two three. Or you can email us at info at rosyonthehouse.com. If you'd like to snap a picture of a plant or insect identification and send it, you can email it there. And We covered our tree of the month, which was a Canary Island palm. We talked about enhan- <clears throat> soil enhancement. What else is on our talking trees for we today? We just wanted to make a mention of the big monsoon we've had. You know, this was uh, an amazing monsoon season for those of us in, in Arizona. Um, I just came down through Flagstaff the last couple of days, and and uh, the 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 fields and the and the, the the forest is just as green as I've seen it in a long, long time. It's beautiful, and uh, the uh, it's just good news for our trees to be able to have this kind of a nice deep soaking um, as we head into the fall. Uh, don't forget though, as as uh, um, that that now that the the rains have stopped and the monsoon cycle is is over. You need to kind of reset, recalibrate our our uh, timers, irrigation timers. Make sure you're you're still getting some good water to those those trees. Remember, deep soaking, less frequent. Better to have a deep soaking to the bottom of the root zone 
Uh, so let those cycles run longer in duration, and then uh, don't water again for several days, if not a week, uh, uh, and to make sure that that root zone has the the ability to dry out before you water again. Well, and speaking of our great monsoon, and I'm sure you guys have been busy picking up a lot of trees that have fallen over, or uh, picking up other otherwise storm damage. I saved an article out of Epoch Times just for you. This was from a couple weeks ago, but my neighbor's tree fell on my property. Who's responsible? Yeah, well, it's it's a unfortunately it's the one who sustains the damage that ends up uh, picking up the bill or the insurance company for the home that has the damage. Even though it's your neighbor's tree that fell on your house, uh, the insurance companies and the law works it out so that uh, you're a that if the, the damage is, uh, you pay for the damage on your side of the fence and your neighbor pays for his own. Um, there are instances, though, where what if your neighbor's tree actually poses a risk to your home and you suspect that, it, you know, it could fall uh, and do some damage? There's a, there is a, there is a course of action that we recommend. That would be to uh, let your neighbor know kindly. You know, you don't want to get in a fight with your, your neighbor, but you want to let your neighbor know that you think their tree could pose a risk uh, to your home should a, a branch break. And there are things you, we can do to mitigate that risk. We can prune prune the tree to alleviate the end weight to make it safer so it can uh, um, it can uh, uh, handle those the wind and the, the, the wind load. Um, when we have those big storms that come through, it won't break a branch or it won't fall over. Um, and if <clears throat> if that doesn't uh, if that if that doesn't work and your neighbor still not doesn't want to uh, comply with your request, you can put it in writing and you know in a uh, you know send it send them, send them a kind letter uh, indicating your concern. Uh, maybe register the letter so you can make sure that it was received. And then you might uh, contact your local municipality to come on your behalf as a concerned homeowner and let them do an evaluation. Their urban forester that works for the municipality can present can provide a written report uh, to kind of give you some uh, a little bit of, of support in your um, in your concern. And we've done that in the past, and it, it does help to get your some uh, uh, re- resistant neighbors off the dime and. Uh, get them to uh, uh, to step up and do the right thing and uh, make their tree safe. Either remove a, a hazardous tree, or to, as I said, prune it um, to mitigate the risk. Well, that is great information. I had no idea that uh, if my neighbor's tree fell on my property, I'd be responsible for that. So it doesn't seem quite right, does it? <laughs> but, but there are things you can do to make sure that uh, your neighbors put on notice that, that you, you are concerned, because then if something does happen. At least you're in a stronger position to say, "Hey, uh, they were they were you know asked to do this and they refused," and the city has been uh, notified. and And if the city's on record as well, you might actually have the grounds for um, asking your neighbor to pay for the damage. And you've got a, a talking point here on wood chips, and I know how much you love wood chips. That has uh, taken over our, our broadcast previously several times. Do you guys do the chip drop? program at all or do you have your own customer base well we do have a customer base but you know we get awfully busy sometimes and our list is long so 
um, it, it's sometimes it, it's a while before we can get out to a, um, to your community to get, to drop you some free chips. We're happy to do it, uh, but we like I I said we get busy and we and we sometimes it's uh, difficult for us to to respond to all the requests. So yes, chip dump is a is that what I think it's called chip, chip drop, drop. I think chipdrop.com is a is a great resource if you're looking for some free wood chips. Um, that's uh, go to chipdrop.com. Uh, and sign up, and you you will find a um, um, a resource that, that probably can get you some chips more quickly than the Save a Tree uh, list, or maybe maybe sign up on both and see who comes first. What would you want a bulk order of chips for? <laughs> well, wood chips have so many um, uses that you can spread them over a bridle path. You can put them down over areas of your yard where you don't want weeds. You're trying to do some dust control. Uh, you can put them in and around underneath your trees. Uh, green wood chips are are one of the best mulches. They de- as they decompose, they're actually contributing nitrogen to the soil and all uh, other uh, um, other nutrients, as well as they just as they shade the soil, they you know they're they're uh, holding the moisture in the soil, preventing uh, uh, evap- evaporation of water from the soil surface. They're actually uh, beginning to encourage a little bit uh, better soil microbiology as they're breaking down into the soil. That 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 little interchange of soil, um, that that first uh, inch or two of soil surface, uh, where a lot of the feeder roots from our plants are, uh, becomes more active with m- microorganisms, beneficial bacteria, and you're starting to see a, a real. Um, uh, a different ecology within the soil itself. We talked about that earlier in the broadcast about soil enhancement. Wood chips on the soil surface are one of those contributing factors that can really cause your soil to be a healthier place for roots uh, of trees and plants. And it has a really nice presence to it. You know, aesthetically, having that uh, barrier around your tree of the wood chips just really enhances the the beauty of the tree, I think. It really does. You know, every few years I get a load at my house and I spread it all around my backyard. Um, it, it smothers some of the smaller weeds. Um, and, and, and the beauty of it is once you get a, a, a several years of wood mulch built up in your yard, when the weeds come up, they're so easy to pull out. You can just grab them and, and, and pull them out that. by hand. You're, you're not digging digging them out and and, uh, or breaking them off at the soil surface. I hate that when you break off a root, uh, a weed at the soil surface, knowing that that root is going to be, is still down in there and it's going to be producing another weed. And it gets harder and harder every year. Every time you break the top off of it, you know that that, that carrot-sized root is just, <laughs> you know, is never going to be um, killed. Yeah, because the next year when it grows back, the weed is smaller and the root's bigger. <laughs> the root's bigger. So it's, it's even easier to break it off there and that root yeah, just keeps growing in size. <laughs> yeah, at some point, yeah, you just do have to I just put a hose around those and soak around them for a little while and, and then dig around them and see if I can get my hand on them and pull them out. But sometimes you have to wiggle them a little bit, get the, so- get the water to run down along the sides of that, that tap root that goes down in deeper, and then eventually it will come out. But sometimes you have to just put a slow a hose on, just a slow drip for several hours, and it will. if, it, if you can get the moisture down to the very bottom of that root, uh, usually you can just dig around them and pull them right out. Now, and you had mentioned going to the end of the last break that y'all have are now offering a lawn service. Is it like regular lawn or is it just an overseeding service? 
Well, it, it's a mainly we don't do any mowing, but we do um, do any fertilization, any of the soil enhancement fertilization programs that we provided for shrubs. We also provide for lawns. So we like to um, we do overseeding as well, but our our main um, uh, emphasis is on on making your lawns beautiful and healthy. We do um, pre pre emergent and post emergent weed control. And then, of course, our entire line of, of lawn fertilization, which is, uh, uh, yeah, which is really a, uh, an amazing uh, uh, treatment. It's a, it's a seven-part treatment program that we do throughout the entire year. We're going to have to add that seven-part to your, your talking points here. Yeah, cover through. Keep everyone up to date. On my trivia cards here, you know, it says the winter solstice is an important day for trees because it's the shortest day of the year, and as days begins to lengthen, it triggers the tree to get ready for summer growth. Now, we're a ways away from the summer solstice, or the winter solstice, but you know, we're only 11 days away from autumn. Hang on, I got to turn your microphone on again. I keep forgetting that. Go ahead. I like the sound of that. Only 11 days away from autumn. Yeah, it sort of feels that way a little bit. You start, sometimes just in that early morning and the late evening, you start to feel a little bit of fall in the air. Love that feeling here in the desert. It's a, um, Foot, get, football always tells me it's yeah. t- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but football it just started. But it just doesn't seem coming. right with football starting when it's 106 degrees out, you know. But I, Especially I, I, when you're the one wearing the pads and the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, doing the two-a-days. You know, the, I wanted to go back to make a, another comment about wood chips. Um, people ask me, well, how much wood, how many chips am I going to get? And typically a, a, uh, a, a chip truck uh, that's full of chips can, can uh, have up to 20 cubic yards of chips. So it's a mountain of chips. <clears throat> and occasionally we'll have a half a load and we can drop off a half a load to you, but that's not often. We usually we, we're not... <clears throat> Heading to a, a, a dump site um, unless we have a full load. And we have calculated it takes about two to three hours for two or three people to spread those chips. And what it involves doing is, is of course, shoveling them into a wheelbarrow and then, and then taking them to the various parts of your yard. And we try to drop them as close to where you're going to be needing them in your yard as we, as we can. Maybe you can get with a neighbor who can share the load. Because uh, 20 cubic yards is, is a mountain of, of chips. It's, you know, about eight, six or eight feet tall and about 20 feet across. Well, I don't know the total volume we got, but we had two semi-loads dropped last spring. Semi-loads? From that's, a, that's a huge... Um, and, and, I mean, these piles were taller than me. And, but you're using your tractor and a front-end loader, right? Well... That's what we got, too. You know, okay. our, our tractor doesn't have a front-end loader. Oh, it didn't. Um, you can grade it. After after about six trees by hand with wheelbarrow, uh, we went to Hacienda Rentals and got a skid steer. And, there you go. A little. And it was eight-hour rental, and, and in four hours we had, you know, these massive we, – we had over 50 trees done uh, within Yeah, skid steer will make pretty short, <laughs> short work of it. That's great, yeah. Now, you still had to go rake it out once – Yeah, you know, once you, you, get, you dump your piles, you got to rake, rake them out. But, man, it's so nice when you have a – some soft wood chips underfoot instead of that hard uh, clay soil. 
which is so dusty. If you've got one of those yards where your dust, where your clay soil has turned into dust, and you just it's just fine like talcum powder, you'd be a great candidate for wood chips. Just lay that wood those wood chips down, and it uh, absorbs the moisture, keeps the uh, the pooling, it keeps the mud down in the winter. It also keeps the dust down in the summer. Um, it's just such a great addition to any yard where you've got large areas of, of dirt. Um, we have it in on the bridle path behind our homes, and it's just a great dust, uh, keeps that dust down. And the the one thing about the chip drop is you don't control what you get. We ordered a specific, you know, Growell has a number of different okay. chip types. Um, and I think I think we ended up getting the ADOT special. Right. That's what uh, ADOT uses on a lot of their uh when, when they're done with their road improvements and they're repairing the land. But um, it was so, it, it was a very consistent, dark, almost black color. Wow. And the, when yeah. we got done, I had a bunch of neighbors stop and say, when did you plant all these trees? I'm like, 10 years ago? Like, <laughs> how come I never noticed? It's just something about that the, skirt the contrast of, the, of this wood drop that just made them all pop. <laughs> yeah, beautiful. Something to think about, too, is when you do get wood chips, you get the chips, you get the leaves, you get the twigs, you get the bark. So you get a, a mixture of all sorts of textures, which is really great for, again, for encouraging uh, a lot of microbial activity and, and a breakdown of, the, of all that plant material and the nutrient cycling. So uh, there are some clean chip. You know, if pe- people sometimes think that they're, they're going to get the wood chips like they see at the, at their, uh, at the local public pro- playground, uh, where there's they're a very uniform chip uniform chip size and everything's been screened. Uh, no, this is these are not chips like that. When you're getting a truckload, you're getting all, all the different parts of the tree mixed in one. And we had a texter ask, "Is it dangerous uh, to my dogs if I get a chip drop that has oleander deposit in it?" Could be. You know, if they if they if your uh, dog if they if it's a a load that's heavy with the oleander, I wouldn't recommend getting it. We try to avoid that. Also, people have asked us about uh, tr- uh, plants with thorns. If you do have a, um, a load with a bunch of uh, Argentine mesquites, uh, chances are you could get some some pretty nasty thorns mixed in there, and th- those wouldn't be a, such a nice surface to be walking on. So you might want to inquire about that. Uh, and usually the um, the uh, the company that's dropping those knows what's what what's in that load. Sometimes too, there's a, there could be some uh, chunks of wood that were thrown in with that. So you might have to kind of uh, rake through and take take a little bit of debris out. But it's certainly worth the the headache to uh, do a little bit of screening uh, to be able to get the benefits of the wood chips to your yard. And if I was in need of a certified arborist, how would I schedule one? Call Savatree.com. S A V A T R E dot com. That's the best way. <laughs> Thanks for spending your Saturday morning with us. John Eisenhower of Save a Tree.